Hello folks, this is Eric Lurie at the Lurie Law Podcast with my good friend and producer Ari David. Always a pleasure. Um, we are trying new bumper music today. Just so you know, now that I heard that part of it, now I know the song. Okay. okay good. I just didn't know who that was. But Tim Croce, my friend. But before we begin, I was making some sarcastic comments about your music and I'm very sorry to know how seriously you take your art. Yes, I do. <laughs> This song, for example, is one that has melody, something called melody. I don't know if a lot of people know what melody is. Yeah, nowadays it's completely uh, out the window. But it's uh, such a great song, Jim Croce from 1972 or so. Um, anyway, God rest his soul, he, he was a great musician. Um, look, I had a conversation with a great liberal friend of mine, actually my brother, who's truly one of the smartest people I know. Um, he... Uh, he really is very thoughtful, and I, I, I'd say that he's actually wise as well, and he's a good guy. I really love my brother. He's a good guy. Yet we are so different when it comes to politics. Um, he's very liberal. I'm conservative. He, he's, he's far more liberal than I am um, conservative, uh, and that's just the way it is, I suppose. But um, the, the old joke between us is that uh, my brother will take, instead of taking a right turn, he'll take three left turns. You know, <laughs> in order, there's no way he's going to take a, a right turn. So uh, that's a little bit of, about him. It's a kind of a funny side of him. But once in a while, you know, somebody asks me, how is it, Barack, that you are such a big champion of conservative values and you will go out there and you'll knock on doors politically for the conservative uh, candidate and your brother, by contrast, does exactly the opposite and he is so into the progressive issues of the day. Um, for example, he's very into the uh, gay marriage debate. He's, he's, he thinks that if you are against same-sex marriage, then you're a bigot, uh, plain and simple. And uh, he thinks a lot, you know, that, that this is the great civil rights issue of our day. Uh, even if I were for it and, and putting aside the merits of a same-sex marriage, I, I would not call it the big civil rights issue of our day. In fact, it dilutes the... the the, the, the true civil rights movement as it was. That's the, that's the problem I have. But anyway, it begs the question, how does somebody in the same family get to have, to be in a different political persuasion? How, how did we get this way, my brother and I? And when I tell you more about it, it, it'll be even more of a question for you because my brother went to West Point, the United States Military Academy for his college and he served in the military um, four years after he graduated, for four years after he graduated. And I went to Stanford, um, which is known to be a fairly liberal university. And likewise, my sisters also went to liberal universities. So what is it that made me go one way and my brother go the other? And to add more to that question, um, I went to law school at UCLA, which is a very liberal law school. Not, it's not like Pepperdine or something, uh, or Hillsdale, Col Hillsdale College. Um, UCLA, it's very liberal. And uh, a lot of Jews there as well, which tend to be very liberal as well. And there was all sorts of commentary that was very liberal from my law professors. And I remember one professor saying, uh, and he was a communist, you know, 
he talked about the dangers of capitalism and he was trying to teach us this, this thinking. Anyway, the point is, how do we get to our respective places? And I don't know if we have an answer. I do think that some of it, at least for the liberals, is association. They associate very strongly with this or that professor that they had in college who was very cool, who was very with it. He seemed to spout out facts like nobody's business. And uh, they were very credible and very persuasive, maybe even good looking, you know, and nothing like that to, you know, nothing, nothing else like that to, to make you persuade somebody uh, about the righteousness of your ways. And, um, you know, in colleges, that's what they do. You're, you're cloistered in your little place. You don't have the, the, the benefit of the real world around you. And um, you think you know everything. And these professors tell you that they know everything. And they mock people who think differently. And they're smart. After all, they are professors at these great schools. At the end of the day, um, this is, I think it's an association game. That's what I think. I think it's the need to be liked. I think it's because these uh, people um, have an image of what it means to be conservative, and their image of that is a negative as something they want to be identified or self-identify as. So they cling to the set of beliefs that may be true, may not be true, because they don't want to become something. I believe the conservative, in general, I'm thinking in general terms now, is someone who doesn't really care about being liked. We care about being right. And we care about being on the right side of things. We talked yesterday right, about right. whether God is on our side or whether we've chosen to be on God's side. Right. We've chosen to be on God's side. Yeah, that was a comment that you had made, I think it was outside of the podcast, and I'd, I'd like to reacquaint um, our audience with that because it was such a clever comment. Uh, you were mentioning that when Ronald Reagan was confronted either by a reporter or, or otherwise, do you feel that God is on, on your side, Mr. Reagan? No, he was, uh, it was a conversation Reagan was having with some conservatives who had, um, Reagan was speaking as a, at, at an event, and normally when you have a speaker like the president, they go last. Right. So some speaker before him was talking about how it's important to have faith and it's important to have God on our side. Right. Reagan comes up, and I believe the story is he ad-libs the moment and says, you know, I was thinking about what you said, and this really shows the brilliance of Reagan. And I don't think it's important that we have God on our side. I think it's important that we've chosen to be on his side. Right. And so that yeah, was the... That's, that's, that's right. And, and that is a telling, telling side of things. Look, I think... Going back to the association, what you just said was a very good point. Uh, but the, 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 they want to be liked. I think that's absolutely right. I know when I was a liberal, I had associations up the wazoo with it. There was this very cool um, a couple of professors that I really liked a lot. I thought they were so hip. They were so smart. They were witty. And they were liberals. Therefore, liberals are smart. I thought of myself as a smart person. Therefore, I'm a liberal, right? It, it, the association game is very powerful. Um, oh, and word you have, association, not uh, social association. No, I mean social that. association. Oh. I, I really mean that. I mean that when they say that, um, uh, for, for example, that uh, Reagan is stupid or he's going to lead us to oblivion, 
and they make a kind of comment, uh, you know, the classic joke of a doctor who decides to do brain surgery and he cuts more and more away. And as he's cutting away, it suddenly, you know, he, he says something that Ronald Reagan would say. And therefore, it's very funny. That's what they think is the height of intelligence, intelligent humor. But this is the kind of stuff you hear in college and you feel like you're in, in the vicinity of very bright people. And you'll never have this again after you're done with your four years of college. And so you always want to remember how bright you are. And uh, when you leave college, you're going to be one of those lonely people that really knows what's what with the world. And you're going to be the one advancing for progressive causes because, by golly, that's what the world needs. And you, you'll always have these images of these powerful professors and friends who were maybe older than you or otherwise, who were so bright and that you respected. And they were liberal. Therefore, you should be liberal too. And and it's, it's like uh, what so many people say about lawyers and Jews and other people, for that matter, that they forget what the message is, what, what their important message is in life. As a lawyer, my message is to pursue justice, right? Um, and, and I had a show about this on Sunday where, you know, I don't know how these lawyers who chase around buildings to make sure that the Proposition 65 placards are up on the buildings, you know, the ones where it said this building is known to contain you know, substances known to the state of California to be hazardous, those things. Well, if you don't have it there, and in fact you do have any of those substances, well, then you could be fined very heavily, my friend, and anyone could sue you, anyone. And so they have, you have these trolling lawyers going around, you know, suing um, on that ground. You know, like, this is what you're, this is why you went to law school. This is, this is what you perceive to be justice. That's a lawyer, for example, who's forgotten his message forgotten his mission, better yet. And, and some Jews, not all, um, having forgotten about God altogether, who have not, not even embraced God at all, have forgotten the message, what, what their message is to heal the world, but also to spread the Ten Commandments to the world as well, to teach the, the, the blessings of the Torah and, and to engage in mitzvot, which means good deeds. Um, they forget that message. And likewise, liberals who think that they are they, they leave college, and all they have left with them at the end of the day is this association that they've had of really good times with very bright people, and that's what they take away from it. But they forget all the things, all the fancy words that these professors have said, most of which have really mean nothing and are based upon flawed arguments. How do I know this? Because when you actually confront them with the facts, like uh, basic things like well, wait a minute, if you increase the taxes, don't you think that that will affect people's behavior? They don't want to hear that. They'll, they'll wave their hand in front of you and, and dismiss you because you're not like that professor that they really liked in college. <laughs> you're, you're not saying what he said. And, and by golly, if that professor were right here right now, he'd have a quick retort to you, Mr. Lurie. Yes, he would. That's what they think. That's what's going on in their minds day in and day out. Now, I remember once talking to uh, my sister, who I love very much. She's also equally wonderful. And I remember telling her after I'd already become a believer in God. And once I started believing in God, it was kind of the easy road toward conservatism, toward conservatism because you began to question things a little bit more. It's a shame that these days believing in God it makes you an outsider, but that's another story. So I talked to her. And I, and I remember she was still in her junior year of college. And I said, you know, well, maybe you'll find one day that 
you'll lean more toward conservative values yourself. Maybe you won't be conservative, but maybe you'll have some conservative values, more conservative than you are today. And, and 20 years later, uh, we were at a little get-together at my house, and somehow in the process of talking, she said, I remember you told me when I was in college that I would be a conservative, which is not quite what I said, but uh, nevertheless, that's what she took away. And she said, uh, you told me that I would be conservative. And you know what? You were wrong. I'm just as liberal today as I ever was. And I said to her, and you're proud of that. <laughs> you're, you're happy that you haven't changed at all. She goes, yes. And I said, okay. Right? It's good to change, folks. It's good to constantly reexamine where you are. And maybe my sister is right. Maybe I'm totally screwed up on this whole thing. Maybe I was right the first time when I was a liberal. But when I look at it, at my past self, I, I realized I was engaging in very shallow thinking. That I, I was not right. It was silly of me to think that government has answers to all the questions of life. That, that only government provides for charity. That only government can, can rectify things. I was wrong. And you know why I know it's wrong? Because I've, I've experienced life itself. So, but for her, the association is very powerful. For my brother, I think the association is powerful. Um, some people say because he's in the movie industry. I, I think he was liberal way before he you know, became a famous we, director. You brought up something about your brother. Did yeah. you talk about this on the podcast about his stance for abortion and how he, you couldn't get the answer out of him? Yes, uh, yes. Um, when, the, when the issue became granular and black and white at a certain demarcation point. Yeah, yeah. When I, when I talked to him about that and I said, look, Putting aside all the abortion, where you stand on pro-choice, and you know, certainly most pro-choice people would say, most, I'm not talking about Hillary Clinton because she would apparently disagree with this, but I think most pro-choice people would say, if you want an abortion on the day that you're actually due to deliver and the baby's still inside of your womb, you'd say, that's, uh, that's not so cool. The very least, maybe you wouldn't call it murder, but you would say it's immoral. The very yeah, least, or while you're in labor, you might not go to jail for that, but you shouldn't be doing that. The, right. yeah, an honest pro-choice person, yeah, you, would say you, that. You'd say that's pretty horrible what you're doing, and that's that. That ain't the kind of choice I'm talking about, baby. And that's how did what he react say. when you? Um... He he didn't really answer the question. He yeah. he didn't he didn't say. He simply said, the, the Supreme Court has decided this issue, and uh, that's where I'm going with it. And I. I said, well, you like the result, but that doesn't mean that it's the right decision. I mean, in fact, there are, half the country thinks it's the wrong decision. So, I mean, you have to acknowledge that some people think it's immoral. And you've, you've acknowledged that many decisions of the Supreme Court have been immoral and wrong. Uh, in fact, they've, re they've had to reverse themselves on it. There are many examples of that. Plessy versus Ferguson, uh, which is a separate but equal case. Uh, there's another case, I forget the name of it, um, where the S Supreme Court decided that steriliza forced sterilization was acceptable. The famous uh, quote from that case was, uh, three generations of idiots is enough. Um, you know, it's just horrific, the, the, the language. Yeah, there was the Heller decision he would disagree with. Yeah. There's the one we disagree with on uh, uh, the, the taking of property out of Connecticut. Right, the Kilo decision. The Kilo decision. Yeah. So he these, probably didn't like Citizens United, so it was yeah, he didn't your like point Citizens. was it wasn't a Supreme Court precedent you were discussing. Right. You were discussing morality. Right, which is interesting. Now, another friend on the Kilo decision said something, and this may be an association game too. The, 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 the liberal friend of mine, talking about Kilo, he, you know, he called me up and, and he just read the decision raw. And he said, well, that seems a little crazy about this. And I said, you're right, it is kind of crazy. You know, this, this would let 
you know, cities and towns do whatever they want. And, you know, we were speaking about it apolitically, meaning without regard to politics, right? Not as a conservative, not as a liberal, just thinking about the consequences. Well, don't you know, the time passed, and he had since talked to his fellow liberals, this, this friend of mine, and his fellow liberals said, no, we got to support this Kilo decision. This is, this is what we, this is, uh, you know, you may not like it, but this is, um, this is what we do for the team. And so he was so suddenly supporting the decision, even though he was originally antagonistic toward it. And that's, that's association right there, right? You know, this is what we do. We're on the team. This is what you agree with. That's being infected by the flu kind of association. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Catch a cold association. You know, uh, uh, when Well, you, that's zombie association. Uh, yeah. <laughs> On your um, transi- transition from liberal to conservative, was it a, a, an on-off switch or was it a transition? No? Like you talked about the fall of communism being gra- gradual. Was your personal fall of communism gradual or did it happen instantaneously? Um, m- uh, I think it was maybe the same because uh, I, I see it as many doors were starting to open for me. Once I asked the question, so once a domino fell, they all kind of started falling. That's right, relatively fast. Well, once once the question of maybe there is a god uh, opened up, then it opened up the question. I, I, I allowed myself to ask questions like, "Well, is taxing such a good thing all the time?" Right? I mean, that's a fair question. If if a little bit of taxing is good, well, then maybe a lot of does that mean that a lot more taxing is good? Uh, if a little bit of regulation is is okay, then does that mean that if we regulate everything, that's that's even better? And of course, the answers are no to that. And I began to see, and I said, well, is there a point where regulation becomes destructive, destructive, or shall I say, uh, debilitating, or uh, becomes an obstacle to progress? Um, and then uh, affirmative action was one, one of my big things. I was very supportive of affirmative action until I realized. That And I started seeing it. I started seeing that it was actually hurting blacks more than it was helping them. It wasn't opening doors. In fact, it was closing doors. And I started to ask questions. That's all. And it, 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 embracing one thing of a conservatism allowed me to open up a lot of different doors. Even the abortion question. I, I think abortion was an embryonic stem cell research. That was the final door that opened for me. And I remember talking to a very close conservative friend of mine, and he said in very simple terms, he explained why embryonic stem cell research was just stupid. Um, you know, you don't even have to take a moral position to it. It's just stupid, um, and it's wrong, because presumably if, if there were such promise in embryonic stem cell research, then you would expect to see a lot of pharmaceuticals spending billions of dollars into it, like they do on so many other things that end up going nowhere. I mean, pharmaceuticals spend billions of dollars on possible experimental drugs that end up going nowhere. Okay, they, 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 They're willing to do that. But there's a promise to them. There's a hope or maybe a kindling of, a, an, a, of why they experiment in the first place. Whereas with embryonic stem cell research, the pharmaceutical companies said, nah, they nothing. weren't placing any bets at that table. No bets at that table whatsoever. They were not. They didn't put a dime into it. And so, so when 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 people were saying, "Let's put a lot of money," "Let's have the government spend a lot of money," and we've got to, well, wait a minute. That pharmaceuticals seem to know something here. That it's not promising. It's not going to get you anywhere. So, but but again, the mantra in the liberal mindset is that only if the government is funding it 
that's when things will get cured or, or, or progress will happen. Um, it, it doesn't enter their mind that there's another avenue to get, well, well, great, get great things done. Yeah. So anyway, the last point on this is that he opened the door on embryonic stem cell research. He opened the door on abortion and he said, you know, it's not a question of viability or anything else like that. It's, it's a question of when life begins. That is a fair comment. When does life begin? That's the first question, by the way, in Roe v. Wade. You know, in this, the famous line is, um, in this case, we we're asked, um, when does life begin? And now, it's not a Supreme Court decision. That's not what a Supreme Court is supposed to be doing. A Supreme Court is supposed to be saying, we're to determine whether or not uh, uh, forcing a woman to have an abortion is illegal and whether that violates the Constitution. That's the, that's the issue. I'm sorry, forcing, forcing them to have an abortion. Rather. Forcing not to. Forcing not to or making it illegal violates the Constitution. That, that, was, that would have been a proper framing of the question, but that doesn't matter. The point is that, that it was an interesting question, what is life? Yeah. When does life begin? And, and that kind of set in tone, the whole tone for the abortion movement later on, because the question is, when does life begin? And if you ask that question, well, if it's the 40th day, then why not the 39th day? If it's, if it's not the 39th, why not the 30th? What, what, what makes it different? Yeah, well, I think that's sort Who of Who decides point. that? Who decides what, whether or not, you know, well, I see a little poke of, a, of what appears to be an arm, and that's sufficient for me to show that there's life, and therefore you can't kill this baby. Uh, why then? What, what, what does it matter? Yeah, well, I think yeah. the, the point I want to make is that, I think, answers your question that you posed for this episode, which is, where does one become liberal? Where does be one yeah. become conservative? And I'm seeing it right here in the difference between you and, and Rod. In, I've always perceived that conservatives welcome questions that challenge us. Yes. We, I want liberals to ask me the hardest question because I am so confident in my ability to either answer on the spot, concisely, uh, loquaciously, everything, or if I can't answer on the spot, I'm going to think about it and I'm going to figure it out. Yeah. And, and I have no problem with saying, and, I don't know the answer, right. but I'm going to get back to it. And you. if my conclusion winds up on the liberal side, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Okay. I'm confident enough that my opinions are in the right direction of life. That, and, and plus, I'm not, I'm not married to it. I'm not, I don't, I'm not conservative because I want Dennis Prager or Larry Elder to like me. I'm conservative because I believe it's right. Right. If new evidence shows up. I'll be the first to march right to them and say, "Hey, Larry. Hey, Dennis. Check this out." Right. We're the first to say. Right. We are the first to say that. And the irony is that we're the ones who go to where the facts lead us, to where science leads us, to where truth leads us. They are not. There's a word for that. It's called being open-minded. Right. Right. And, and that's the irony. The liberals think that they're open-minded, and and they'll point to a definition on Webster's, which in itself Webster is 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 liberal. It's a liberal enterprise, and it's a self-referencing thing. So it's like, I don't know. It's like uh, if if I if you and I were open-minded, uh, someone who watches Rachel Maddow. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. So it's like it's like comparing the Mets and the Yankees, right? So so if if I define if I decided to define the Mets and the Yankees together, if I'm in the domain of of Defining those two terms, I would say Mets are defined as being the most wonderful team, most professional team ever created, uh, run by the most uh, incredible people with efficiency, corruption, uh, corruption-free and honest people who score wonderfully. And whenever they win, they win with grace. And whenever they lose, it's because the other side cheated. Okay? Right. And then, and then I define the Yankees. 
Uh, you know, they are the terrible team who are constantly scratching their, their groin and they don't shower and they lose and they're bad losers and they're, they're even worse winners. And you get the idea. Yeah. So, so, and then when people say, well, what kind of person are you? Well, I'm a Mets person. And you see, I, I'm, I'm a great, I'm a great person. The, the definition says so, <laughs> right? Yeah. So that, that's, what, that's what they've done for themselves. Anyway, the point is, when you and I, when I play chess, when you play any other game that you like, whatever, golf. golf, okay, and you're playing against somebody, right? Who do you like to play against? Somebody that is, you know, I like to play against the very best player on the planet. Well, there you go. I want to take down Tiger Woods, right? Because beating him is fun, right? Beating my grandmother, That's boring, right. yeah, or you a three, or a three year old, right? Yeah. So. That, that same thing with chess. For me, I like to play with a challenge, and I like to say, "Wow, that was interesting." Yeah, you want to sit down with Kasparov. Yeah, so I want to be able to kind of maneuver. I wanted to say, "Okay, that was a very interesting battle there. I thought you had me there, but then you took my queen, and then I was able to undo that, and I sacrificed whatever it is." And that's the challenge. And 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 what you said before, which is, "Give me your best shot," okay? Because I want to deal. Because I'm I'm actually very comfortable in my position, and I'm not afraid to change my mind. But the liberal mindset is not that way. They prefer to play with grandma, so to speak. And if you present them with a Tiger Woods or a, a Kasparov. Uh, in, in or Rod Lurie's brother. Right. Yeah. Very, very nice. Thank you. Um, then then they, um, they, they'll just simply not play the game. They'll say, I don't want to play. I don't want to answer that question. Or they'll answer like Cecile Richards answered, just like your brother, to the same question, when does life begin? And remember, she's president of Planned Parenthood. You'd think in she relevancy terms that's a relevant question. I don't think it's a relevant question for me. My job is to ensure women have rights. Yeah. Uh, in so other words, a cop-out, a yeah. complete cop-out, a refusal to pray. Blay, you talked um, in subject matter a couple shows ago, static thinking. Right. And it really is a revelation of liberal static thinking that they don't want the tough question asked to them. Yeah. They don't want to go up at bat against Nolan Ryan in his prime and try to hit the hardest thrown fastball possible. Yeah. They, they don't want the challenge because they know they can't handle it, which means they know that their their philosophies and beliefs are flimsy. Yeah, they, they do. And, and when you – I mean I, I keep on asking my liberal friends. I said – I say the same questions that you must ask them. Tell me what tax rate is too high. Tell me, we talked about abortion. At what point do you think that the abortion is should be illegal? Because there must be a point somewhere. Um, tell me uh, at what point you think the minimum wage is inappropriate and, and bad for business. Yeah, let me tell you the one I asked them. Okay. You say you say uh, an abortion is just a collection of cells, right? Yeah. Well, isn't a foie gras liver too just a collection of cells? Yeah, that's right. Why can't I? If if I'm allowed to kill that. Collection of cells. Why can't I eat my foie gras? Right. Why is that banned? Yeah. You know, they, again, I, well, I, I don't I, want to answer that. Yeah. Yeah. But the the, the, the contradictions uh, throw themselves off. Look, the other day we had um, we went and answered the ten questions that liberals posed, um, and, and the guy who wrote it uh, felt very smug about himself. He thought he had zingers, and um, he he'd obviously we both you and I concluded that there's no way that he could have possibly asked this to any serious conservative, not a serious conservative, because the questions themselves were so flawed. They assumed so many facts was, that was so bizarrely flawed. Um, I mean, we gave examples already. I don't want to rehash them. But when we, we, they were so easy to answer. And, and in some ways, I think both of us are a little bit frustrated because 
The questions were so ridiculously easy and so silly to answer that we, we felt among ourselves, between ourselves, that there's got to be a series of questions. There's got to be better questions we than We were this. like, that's it? Yeah. Like, for instance, I think, I don't know if it was on podcast, but I told you about how I have a relative who's, who's liberal, and we were talking about constitutional issues, and he brought up the concept of um, general welfare, as yes. a justification for real welfare. Right. And I told him, I, I don't think that's correct, but I didn't have the information at the time, so I told him, John, I'll get back to you. I brought it up to you, and we sussed out the answer, and sure enough, he was wrong, I was right. Right. Uh, right. We were right about it. Right. But the point is, that I consider was a pretty tough question, because it was rooted at least in something that was written in constitutional language. Right. I, I think that, look, here, here are examples of, of good questions uh, that a liberal could ask. Um, they, maybe not the minimum wage question, but they could ask a question of um, how are we going to help the poor? Okay, without government involvement. Um, shouldn't we do uh, more welfare? Okay, I, I, these are legitimate questions. I, I, I can respond to them. I can shoot them down, but they're, they're decent questions. I actually have uh, a decent liberal question. All right, then go ahead. This does not never necessarily a decent liberal answer, right. but it was posed to me, and I consider this a decent question because it was honest, and it was rooted in what I call liberal belief system. Of, this actually had integrity. It was, okay, so you're against abortion. Yes, I am. What if you have a woman who's pregnant, who's on drugs, perhaps psychopathic, who wants an abortion, and is everyone knows, including the doctors involved, that she will be a terrible, abusive mother. The answer, uh, the answer to that is, you know, give it up for adoption. Well, that's, of course, my answer, you know. But right. the liberal <clears throat> will then add more stipulation upon it. Well, let's suppose she doesn't put it up for adoption. Let's suppose she's, put, she's having the baby so her welfare checks are even larger, which, of course, brings us back to, well, then get rid of the welfare that's, so that's, she's that's, not incentivized. That's, that's an immoral yeah. uh, decision then. I mean, right, but my point is that was at least a good, honest question in that the liberal posing it cared about... Well, but that's the, a, the yeah. life of the child, and it, it's yeah, rooted oh, in liberal oh. identity. Right. So oh, okay, but it's still yeah. a flawed question because they don't think it through. Um, and and I want to give another example of this because because and this right. Kind of it, a, and, and real quick, I agree it was a flawed question, but I'm just making the point that it was at least a a question with integrity. I agree, but here's why it's a flawed question because I, I can't help but but yeah. do this, um, and, and that is, you can make the same argument. Well. Isn't it okay to rob a bank because the purpose of the money that he's stealing is to feed his family, right? <laughs> or to donate to charity. Donate or, to charity, yeah. Or the, or the dog day afternoon one to pay for his lover's exchange. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You know. So it's a, you know, it's, as long as the, the road to hell is paved with good intentions, as they yeah. say, or whatever, the, the ends justify the means, all that stuff. So it's, it's kind of, it's poor thinking on, on her part. But nevertheless, it's a, it's a fair question, but a, a question she hasn't really thought through. Here's an example of things that have not been thought through also, by the way. When it comes to this whole, and this is, I guess I'm kind of moving to the side a little bit on this issue, but because I do want to come back to the association issue. Recently, and, but it actually, it actually emphasizes the, the association point. Okay, here it is. Lately, there's been some decisions regarding, in the gay marriage debate, whether or not somebody should be forced to for example, take photographs, a professional photographer, whether he should be forced to take photographs of a gay wedding and he doesn't believe in same-sex marriage. 
And likewise, there was another story in a different state, I think it was New Mexico, where a baker refused to provide baking, the, the, the cake, to a gay marriage. As if, apparently, he was the only bakery in the entire world, you know, but that's another story altogether. And they forced him, and, and the law forced him to, uh, to participate because it was some sort of discrimination. Okay. Now, for the liberal, they think, well, that's great. That is just great. And, and recently in Arizona, Governor Brewer vetoed a bill that would have allowed people to not perform such services on religious grounds. Oh, it would have allowed them not to necessarily be sued or been for, compelled by the state right, to right. participate. Right. Basically, it would immunize them. And she's, she, she vetoed it for vagueness reasons, but who cares why? The point is that this was a great victory for the, the gay community. Okay. Will you start thinking with me about the slippery slope involved here? I'll give you, I'll give you one right away. What about it's in reverse? What about if a pastor or a priest or a reverend refuses to perform a gay marriage? Right? It's the law of the state, whatever state that might be. And now this pastor, this reverend, this rabbi is refusing to marry these two people. Can they be sued now? Can a church or synagogue be sued? And can they lose their tax-exempt status? Yeah, that's right. Can they be put out of business? Right. What, and, and Ben Shapiro brought up this argument. I think I've got a better one than Ben Shapiro does, a more realistic I actually one. brought it up in 2009, but you can give him credit for... Uh, Which, the atheist? Th- the, that exact argument about... Uh, yeah, okay, the atheist... That was, that was when I was running for office. That was my political reasoning for why I came down against same-sex marriage. Right. I understand. Okay. So here's, here's the scenario for our listeners. An atheist, um, decides that, uh, he doesn't want to, um, uh, he's an atheist photographer and he doesn't want to, uh, take photographs of a Jewish bris, which is the circumcision ceremony that's usually done on the eighth day of a child's, uh, following the child's birth. And it's a it's a very wonderful ceremony, and it's not time for the for, child. Yeah, it's time for the family to gather around friends and, and the community to witness this this moment, this bond with God. But the atheist, uh, you know, he'll he thinks it's disgusting, or he's got other moral qualms about it, so he's decided not to do it. Can we force the atheist now to do it? Right, or force the atheist to do it? That's what I said to yes. do it. And okay, so that's one example. But you say, hey, Barack, that's not a very common scenario, uh, actually. It could, it's not that untenable. It's very easy to imagine that scenario. But I'll give you an easier one, one that is very, very powerful today, which is most rabbis and many other clergy will refuse to perform a marriage between two people that are not of the same faith, right? And most conservative rabbis and Orthodox rabbis will not marry a Jew and a Christian unless that Christian has converted to Judaism before the ceremony which is perfectly fine. And in fact, they embrace that. They love conversions. But the point is that most rabbis will say no to a mixed marriage um, wedding. Shall we force them to, to do the, the mixed marriage ceremony? Yeah. I mean, at what point does this stop? Yeah, and it's liberals, remember, not us, not conservatives, but liberals who love to say the words slippery slope. So right. this is something they, and we can well, even bring They, they up, say slippery slope, we say what's next. Yeah, but they, they love the slippery slope as a cliche. They just repeat it, you know, 
right. per habit. I'll even bring up another issue, which is your industry. When, when um, clients come to you, they consult with you, and you decide whether or not to take their case. Who would, if this were to go to the nth degree, who would allow you to say no to anyone? Who would point. say no? Uh, who would allow a doctor to say no? I can't treat that. I'm not a good enough surgeon, or that's not in my expertise. Right. No, I want you. I heard you're good. You're just being discriminatory. Right. And tying up God and everyone to you know coin a phrase into lawsuits ad infinitum to ad infinitum. Excuse right, me. Right, right. To use the <laughs> proper Latin, Latin pronunciation. Um, uh, you know, it, it 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 would just shut down the world. Yeah, it would. In non-productive would. gibberish. We'd be constantly second-guessing people, uh, second-guessing people's motives, and then people would find a way of saying, "I can't do it." So, for example, the bakery guy, he'll just end up saying uh, that the bakery guy who didn't didn't want to perform, uh, sorry, didn't want to provide the cake for the same-sex marriage, uh, the wedding ceremony, he'll simply say, "You know what? I'd love to do it, but I'm booked with another event." Okay, so the people just lie. Which is fine. It's, it's, it'll be a white lie, so to speak. And uh, they just won't be able to do it. And that's it. Unless, you know, they, they've, they've written an article at some point where it's, it's against same-sex marriage. Then maybe, maybe they'll pull a podcast like this and say, oh, that Barack Lurie, he's against same-sex marriage. And, uh, you know, whether I am or not, I've not actually given, revealed that, by the way, folks. But that's not the point. I'm, ta- I'm interested in, the, same, in the, um, the what's next question. But let's say we're against it formally. Let's say I went on the bandwagon. I said this is the most outrageous thing. It's it's very uh, against my religion and against God's will and everything else. And then, uh, and then, uh, you know, I, I see a, a gay person who wants to uh, do a a prenup with his uh, with his partner. And I and I just say, you know what, I. Um, I'm just too busy these days, I, you know, and it's not really my expertise. Maybe, maybe I really do do it, but it's not, I'm not really that versed in it. I can refer you to someone else if you like, right? They'll say, well, the reason why you rejected us is because uh, they'll start telling me why I really rejected it. Yeah, your and pattern be of behavior, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Right. And it brings up an interesting argument because the, the word here that we're sort of circling the drain around is a very controversial word in liberal circles and conservative. The word is slavery, yeah. the, the compelling someone to do something against their will. Because even if you paid that baker, it's against his will, so it's a form of slavery. Slavery does not mean I do the work and am not compensated in some way. It means I'm not compensated in a way that's adequate, and the work is below what I consider a baseline of my moral virtue. Right. And so even if you paid that baker... Uh, you know, 10 times his normal rate for the same cake he baked for someone else. Well, if that happened, that would be discrimination, and he'd thus be sued. In other words, it's it's compelling him to do something against his free will. Right. And we in America are free. We right. are, you know, we... You know, we, 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 that like the famous sign says in so many stores, we reserve the right to refuse service to anyone. No shoes, no <laughs> shirt, no dice. That That's also right? another thing. <laughs> But the, the the fact is, we reserve that right, and uh, you know, if if I do it because the person is purple or pink or whatever it is, you know, um, or gay, uh, it just maybe I have a moral qualm with with people who are gay. I don't, by the way, I, I fully embrace, uh, you know, homosexuality as a as a fact of life. I know that it's there, and I have no problem with it. Uh, I think that there are some 
what's next questions when it comes to same-sex marriage. But that doesn't mean that I discriminate or anything else uh, on anybody on any grounds whatsoever. But what if somebody did? What if somebody said, look, I, I just the very notion of two men together is offensive to my sense of what is right and wrong in the world, and it's, it violates my core beliefs as a Christian. Okay, let's say, let's say I said that as a Christian. And uh, I just refuse to, to, to help that person, to, to at least to, to engage in services. Well, you know what? There's another person down the street who will be more than happy to take your money. I'm the one foregoing the money. Okay? I, I, maybe I'm the stupid one. But you can't sue me for being stupid. That's just, let me be stupid then. Yeah. And this gets to a real core difference between conservatives and, and liberals. Liberals believe the First Amendment exists so they can be offensive. The conservative understands that the First Amendment exists so if people are offensive, they don't lose all their other freedoms. That's right. That's right. Very well said. Look, uh, at, at the end of the day, we are going to uh, be living in a society that slowly moves toward um, uh, the, the time where they don't even know that they're losing their freedoms. That's, that's, that's not a life that we want to live. Right? It's not a place where we want to live in. Um, but we go back to the association game, and all this is about association, right? It's about feeling like you know the answers, uh, you've associated with very smart people, and somewhere along the line, you forgot to think. And we give some examples with the weddings and the gay marriage weddings, but how to, to find it illegal to not help in these gay marriages, but that has consequences. But the consequences is something that Liberals just don't think about. They don't think about anything beyond the purpose of the legislation that they're uh, espousing. So, folks, this is Barack Lurie. This has been the Lurie Law Podcast. Such a pleasure talking to you. And I'll talk to you next week. Yeah.